So, it's Saturday. Yesterday was the day that the president declared a state of national emergency. Declared a national state of emergency. Sometimes I feel like I don't even know how to talk. Talk. I have this wonderful NEPA accent that I'm sure outsiders just love to ponder at. Well, anyway. So, yeah, the country's in lockdown, basically. Uh, in my corner of the world. I'm trying my best. And I don't know. Maybe um, you live in a galaxy far, far away and don't know what I'm talking about. But I'm referring to the coronavirus emergency that is happening globally. I can't imagine there's a corner of the world that hasn't had some ah, exposure to it. And yeah, some of these tribes, I'm sure they don't, they don't know. Anyway. Yeah, so... <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it's hard to kind of formulate a thought because this is uncharted territory for a lot of us, I think. Uh, but I was interested in, you know, obviously the psychology behind it, the feelings, how people are coping based on Facebook. There's a lot of different coping mechanisms happening. I would say anxiety is one. And I would say denial is another. You know, it's interesting when you look on Facebook and you see a lot of people who are angry or not even angry, um, dismissive towards other people who are worried about it. And, you know, they're... You, yeah. They'll post a bunch of statistics like, well, only this many people died out of the entire population. Okay. All right, I hear you. I hear you. Now. Yeah. Great. I'm, please post those statistics all day. I'm, I'm happy for the reminder, but I think that's the point, so... But, you know, that's that's one way to cope. It's, it's you know, denying it. It's saying, no, I'm going to go about my daily life and pretend like this disruption is not happening because to acknowledge that it's happening would be terrifying. All right? So, there, so there's a lot there. So, um, and the reason I'm pointing it out is not to... Uh, you know, necessarily have, like, I, I don't have all the answers, and maybe I'm just sitting here, you know, blowing steam out my own ass, like, I don't, I don't know, but that's just my point of view, and the reason I pointed out is not to, to call anyone out, or to say, hey, you're a jerk for not taking this seriously, no, that's not what I'm trying to do either, what I'm trying to do is just to show everybody compa- like that there's a reason why people, you know, feel the way that they do and there's a reason why people are nervous and there's a reason why people are angry and there's a reason why people want to ignore it. 
And it's all just the same level of being a human and just realizing that there's something at this point that's bigger than you, bigger than the economy, bigger than anything that comes out of our president's mouth, bigger than our parents. Yeah. And when I say bigger, that's not, I hate that because, again, like, I get how everybody says, you know, media is scaring us and there's all this fear mongering. And, and that's what I've really been trying to do this week is to meditate with myself and try to figure out how I can be both concerned and also calm. And I think those those two things can coincide and I think that there's a middle ground that can be found. So no, we don't have to be afraid because we can look at those statistics right now and see that fortunately right now in our country as of Saturday the 14th of March 2020, we don't have a ton of cases, a ton of deaths in this point in time, and I haven't read the news today, but at this point in time, North America, luckily, has not been hit with catastrophic things but we've seen things in other countries and we read the news and yes it's scary there's a middle ground okay because right now for us it's not super scary but we're at the point where we can be concerned and we can be concerned with the absence of fear and what's great about where we are right now as a country and I'm gonna release this episode tomorrow hopefully But what's really great about where we are as a country right now is that we don't need to have fear yet. So, maybe we can just work through our emotions now while we're at home alone, socially distancing. And, you know, that's tough because we're a social society um, and we have a very privileged lifestyle in the United States. And, you know, whether, you know, we all have bad days and that doesn't mean we don't have problems. All of humanity, no matter where you are, has problems and issues and our own maladies. I actually had a quote by, uh, by... Uh, Van Gogh that I always reference I love this quote and he wrote a bro- uh, he wrote a letter to his brother and if you don't know a lot about Van Gogh he was a uh, an amazing writer he had so much insight and you know he gets a rep for being a crazy person and that this is an aside but he he actually had um Van Gogh actually had epilepsy but it was a form of epilepsy that was in his brain 
only. So basically what it is is it's not that your whole body is going into a seizure. It's just that your brain is. And when your brain goes into that seizure, chaos happens. So that was his his thing. So um, I hate when people call him crazy because he was actually a genius. And yeah, he had some crazy quote-unquote behaviors if you look at them from the surface. But when you get to really read about him, you can see his genius in so much more than his paintings. And the one quote that I wanted to share with you today is, unfortunately, we are all subject to the circumstances and the maladies of our time, whether we like it or not. I'm going to say it one more time. Unfortunately, we are subject to the circumstances and the maladies of our time, whether we like it or not. And actually, now that I'm reading the next line, it is, but with the number of precautions I am now taking, I am not likely to relapse, and I hope that the attacks will not begin again. I have the chills because he's not, he's talking about his mental health, he's talking about the things that he went through, but it's interesting how those words that were written in the 1800s are just so, so prevalent right now, right? So, um, so he talks about precautions, so maybe we should just take that as, uh, him being a little bit of a prophet for us, but, um, anyway, so yeah, we're we're used to being out, we're used to being social, we're used to being able to go to bars, parties, whatever we want, whenever we want. We're used to going to the store and getting this and getting that and blah, 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 you know? It's been easy. We've had psychological problems because we don't have the basic survival problems, you know? So, So this is a threat. This is a threat to a lot of us. This isn't a life that we're used to. We're not used to being home all the time. We're not used to being alone, so... It's a good time to really see what that means for us and have some introspective time. That's what I'm trying to use it as and also to hopefully freaking clean my apartment because, God, if this isn't the time, I don't know what is. But um, anyway, uh, what I try to do personally whenever I am scared about uh, the things that are happening in the world Um, I read a lot, you know, I read a lot about history, I watch a lot of documentaries, I want to learn so much. And the reason why I want to learn so much is because I, I realized a long time ago that there were so many voices throughout history, throughout time, you can pick a year and pick a day. And somebody will have written something at that time that I'm sure you can relate to. That is back to the beginning of mankind. And I didn't always realize this because your education is limited in school. But when I had all these mental health issues throughout my 20s, which I hope to disclose at some point, but I don't know if today's the day. Um, when I had all these issues, I wanted to, I wanted to know people who felt the same. I wanted to know I wasn't crazy. 
And you find that through writing and you find that throughout history. And you once you start to really dig into these stories that people have, and that's why I'm so interested in this podcast, because I know that stories are really everything that we have. This That's the gold. That's, that's the good stuff, the joy of life, in my opinion, the fabric that weaves us together, so to speak, are these stories. And so whenever I was afraid and whenever I had these moments where I felt completely alone or I felt like I couldn't go on or I felt scared or threatened or angry, I wanted to know what other people felt and what other people feared and and what that made me realize is, yeah, things are scary and things are whatever, you know, always. Pick a day, you know, it's... Sometimes we're scared of World War Three. Well, you know, there was a time where people were uh, writing about the threat of World War Two. They were scared, too. Soldiers that had to get off of those boats on D-Day. Oh, What? Whenever I need courage, that's what I think of. I remember being at swim, like in uh, at swim practice in high school, and I was sick that day. It was just like cold, whatever. But um, luckily, it wasn't coronavirus. Oh boy, <laughs> too soon. But uh, I remember being sick that day, and my dear friend, oh. The for, my foreign exchange friend, Ludovic, if, however, if you're hearing this in any type of way, I love you and I miss you. But he was like, why aren't you like, why are you doing this? And I remember him being like, if you're sick, sit out. Like he came into the United States and he was like, why, why are you people acting this way? Like you're sick and your coach is making you practice anyway. This makes no sense. And uh, anyway, but I told him, he's like, how are you getting through this, whatever. And, you know, I said to him, I was like, you know, soldiers in World War Three, some of them were had a cold that day in World War Three. Jesus, oh, my God, what? Oof, fuck. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to edit that out. But <laughs> it's like the soldiers in World War Two, D-Day, when they got off of that ship, some of them had colds. If they did, I'm sure they weren't thinking about them, so... And it's not to compare our lives to that, and it's not to take away their heroism, or it's just to say, I look at these people in these places, and it's not even soldiers in World War Three. It's these towns that you can read about in Germany that were completely captured and ravaged, and oh god, the things that they've done. Is it Dresden? Is that what I'm thinking of? Ugh. You want to read some horrors? Yeah, read about that. This isn't to say um, you shouldn't be scared and that you shouldn't have anxiety. Uh, That's not at all what I'm trying to say. So if that's what's coming across, please... Reach out to me and I will explain to you in more depth what I'm trying to say because that's not the message. What I'm trying to say is that throughout humanity, 
back to the ancients. Recently, I've been reading about the rise and the fall. I haven't been reading. I'm sorry. I've been listening to podcasts about the rise and fall of civilizations. There is a great podcast about it. It's called The Fall and the Rise and Fall of Civilizations. <laughs> and it's interesting because it's it's really a lot of the same stories and a lot of the same fears. And we're going back to the AD, BC. It's all the same. Different circumstances, different technology, but fears are the same. Concerns are the same. The anguish, you know. Right now, we're we're really pretty good. We're on the good side of things right now. And, you know, I pray every day. I pray every day that we stay on the good side of things. But I see the threat and I see the anxiety and I understand how everybody is feeling and what they're thinking and I get it. So what I'm trying to say is that when you feel afraid, when you feel like you don't understand, take a minute, think about anyone, think about Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King Jr., RFK, JFK, I'm not trying to make this political. I'm really not. I'm just trying to think of people who really have been in places of danger, who have known that they were putting themselves in danger, Abe Lincoln. Not only only these famous people, but these soldiers whose names we won't even know. Or these villagers who had war-torn countries or these people who are fighting the good fight even when they wake up and their eyes look outside and it's a world of war-torn chaos. Humanity has always been scary. Being a human. It's always been crazy and chaotic you want to know for sure listen to we didn't start the fire by billy joel i had to learn that song one time for an arts camp i was in and i really really think like it was like like somebody from the beyond was like, no, you need to learn this song as a youth and not have any idea what these words mean, but it's going to be hammered into your brain because now for the rest of your life, whenever chaos happens, you're going to think of that annoying fucking Billy Joel song that you spent so much time learning all of the fucking things that happened in it. And at the time you were learning, you had no idea what these words meant. And now it's like, whoa, yikes. This is what they're talking about. We didn't start the fire. This is always burning. So let's just dance among the light and make the best out of it. How are you guys doing that? Yeah, let's check in. Holy moly! It's like my friend Randy knew I was looking for some perspective. Hey, Randy. Thanks for joining the conversation and stopping by. Let's hear from you. 
alter ego called rainbow and sometimes rainbow likes to play tricks on us and that's just what happened hmm hopefully this is somebody a little bit more serious about the cause oh it's my friend Aaron you may remember him from a few episodes ago. Hey, Aaron. What's going on with you in CV? So basically all I've been doing since this coronavirus bullshit, you know, came about has been um, stocking up on whiskey and uh, making sure I don't lose my head personally because everyone else seems to be. So basically I'm not taking this as seriously as everyone else, but I am you know, maintaining, you know, hygiene and uh, not putting myself in a possible situation where I could become infected. But other than that, like, I don't understand the mass hysteria behind all this bullshit. Like, I've still been going out to eat. I've still been going to the grocery store on the regular to get basic necessities. I've still been, you know, living life no differently than I would if the coronavirus didn't hit the Lehigh Valley. So basically, I haven't really changed much of my personal life at this point, but I'm excited to see when I'll be forced to. But with that being said, um, I just want everyone else to stay safe and stay happy and stay healthy. Thank you so much, Aaron, for stopping by and sharing your <laughs> unique perspective. Um, I'm glad that you were able to stock up on some whiskey. Don't drink it all in one place. I also, uh, yeah, I could see a little bit of that hysteria. And I think that it's good not to give in a hysteria or panic or just kind of try to live your life the best way that you can so um kudos to you and I am hoping really really hoping that the virus never does reach Lehigh Valley anyway keep sharing your hilarious insight and keep the, that hygiene up. Thanks, Aaron, for stopping by. Busy day in the neighborhood today. Seems like a lot of people are apt to visiting, maybe not in person, but uh, through the airwaves. Here's who we have today. Right now, we have... Ah, my friend Jordan. Let's see what she's doing. She always seems to have a really great perspective on what to do when anxiety is high. So, here we go. Hey, Jor. 
Hi, my name's Jordan Cole, and you know, I know the world is a little bit different today than it was a week ago, but I think that everybody is kind of doing their best to deal with it, and um, you know, I think it's made me a little anxious, um, but as somebody who frequently deals with a lot of anxiety, I feel like it, the worst hasn't come yet. And I do feel like I have a lot of tools and resources to kind of manage my anxiety over the outbreak of COVID-19. And one of the things that I'm really doing is I'm continuing in my garden routine. So there's this saying that you plant peas for St. Patrick's Day. So that was already on my list of things to do this week, but I'm very excited. And I think that getting out in my garden and reconnecting with nature will really help me to feel a little bit more at ease. You know, my yard is easy for me to get to. It doesn't really have other people going through it. And certainly I can continue to nurture and grow plants um, while the rest of the world is in chaos. So in addition to peas, I'm also looking to grow some, you know, basic salad greens like arugula and spinach and kale. Um, They'll all be easy to start now. And then also growing some beets. And I really like to do radishes, like the watermelon radishes, which are hot pink on the inside and lime green on the outside. So just kind of looking at that and then taking care of my plants indoors as well. There are studies that show that just looking at a plant can help you to feel more at ease and more creative. Um, So really making sure that all of my plants are healthy and looking good. Last night I repotted several of my succulents and actually got a new cactus. So it was just a fun time for me and my husband to kind of come together and work together on getting those new plants into new homes. And also a fun little project for me is I'm trying to propagate some succulents. So it's really easy when you just take off the leaves of like a echeveria or some kind of basic succulent, let them dry out for a few days on some succulent potting soil, and then um, watch new roots and little babies grow. So that is what I'm doing to handle the chaos and stay sane amid a pandemic. Thanks. Wooey, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it for so many reasons. Thank you, Jordan, for stopping by. Uh, but I'm so excited about it because Jordan is a longtime friend of mine. And we both lean on each other to overcome some of our mental health struggles and anxieties. And one of the things that's really cool about Jordan is that she is a master gardener, has done so much work to get there, and she knows so much about plants. And I am, too, working on growing some things. I have arugula, um, lavender, peppermint, um, just working on some things myself. And I do find that that really helps. It really does. It it gives you some time to focus on something outside of yourself and um, to see life grow. It's pretty cool. Like I love when I plant something and then like I'm waiting for the first few days, like when is it coming? When's it going to, when's it going to bud? And then there's always that like chance that it might not. 
But then when it does, you're like, oh my god, yes. And then you go to work and you come home later and it has like a little leaf. And you're like, oh my lord, this is magic. Like, how did that happen? Like, when I left, it was doing nothing. And I can't even see it do this because my eyesight doesn't let me. But when I come home... So yeah, maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe we just need to work on plans. Lord knows the planet needs more of them. So yeah, I love that. Kudos to you. I hope you stay so safe, my friend. Thanks for stopping by. Oh, Nelly me, Steve is at the door. You may remember Steve from our, I think it was like the third episode maybe that I did. It was on CTE, uh, depression, and meditation. And I reached out to Steve today to ask him if he would record a little something for the show. And the reason I did that is quite honestly because this man (laughs) has calmed me down in more crisis situations with his wisdom and insight truly so today I said Steve you mind stopping by the show and uh, maybe just explaining the things that you explain to me every time I call you and I'm having a panic attack and he knew exactly what I was talking about and he came through so here's what Steve has to say hi there Monica asked me to call in to talk about what could be done to deal with the anxiety that has arisen as a result of the coronavirus. Um, First of all, I have no scientific training. Um, I think it's important for everybody to um, listen to what their local authorities are saying, um, gather information from epidemiologists and be apprised of the facts. But I think in any crisis, there's some things you can control and there's some things you simply cannot. And there's only only three situations, three choices ever in situations like this. The first is to change the situation. The second is to leave the situation And the third is to accept the situation fully. Um, Everything else is absolute madness. So it seems like the first two, changing and leaving, aren't really a possibility right now. So accept it fully. And in accepting it fully, don't push away negative thoughts. Um, Allow them to arise, see what they look like, see what signatures arise, and essentially work with them and not against them. Um, See what you discover about yourself in dealing with crises and difficult situations. As some of you know, I'm an advocate of meditation, and I think it's very important especially in difficult times to practice so see what you discover see what you discover about yourselves and how you react when as here there's a global pandemic Um, 
it's not always fun to meditate and go into your negative feelings, but it's super important. It's the only way you can really understand what they are and how to work with them. Also check your reactivity. And by that I mean when you get difficult news, see how you naturally react to it. Do you blow up and panic? Um, do you default to some sort of self-care? I don't know, but it's a good thing to know about yourself. Um, it's very helpful. So see where you go, where you went with this when you first heard it. Um, another powerful thing is to simply pretend for a second that you're one of the very unfortunate people who was diagnosed with coronavirus, or imagine a loved one was as many, many thousands, tens of thousands of people are dealing with right now. Imagine that that's happened to you. And then think about how much you would give to simply have this very moment back when everything was relatively okay in your life. Are you using it wisely? Are you telling those who you love that you do, in fact, love them? Are you wasting time trying to control some situation that you have absolutely no control over? It's a very powerful meta exercise in that way. What would you give? to have this moment back because now it's gone. Allow that to inform your actions and finally I'm in a I guess a self-quarantine situation in Montgomery County in Pennsylvania where I won't be will be working from home for at least the next two weeks. So if you're quarantined, this is a time to reflect. Look around whatever your surroundings are and practice gratitude. I'm thankful that I have a job that allows me to do something like this, to work from home and to still get things accomplished. I'm thankful that I have a home. I'm thankful that I have food and we haven't run out of anything and it doesn't look like we will anytime soon. Just spend some time imagining and thinking about and really digging into how incredibly lucky you are. The mere fact that you have the leisure to listen to this podcast puts you in extremely rarefied company.
Be thankful. Be grateful. And be safe. We'll all get through this in one way or the other. Oh my Lord. Can you guys tell? Can you tell why I call him in crisis? I mean, the poor guy, he's had to deal with a lot of tears over the years, but yeah, it helps me every time. He's genius in my book, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's the reality of it. And that's the thing is um, one of the great things that I've learned from Steve personally, there's been a lot, but there's a lot of times where I'll be worried about something. I remember when I was uh, particularly dealing with the aftermath of my little Wisconsin episode, which if you regularly listening to the podcast, you've gotten a little bit of an idea about that. And if there were ever any important things coming up within a week or I'll be like, I, I'm so worried about this. I don't know what to do. And Steve's like, well, you can spend the next week of your life driving yourself crazy about something that's inevitable and going to happen anyway, or you can try to remain in the present moment and just be grateful and focus on your life as it is. And, you know, that was a foreign concept to me at one time, and now I feel like it is ingrained in me. So I am grateful personally for him and his insight, and I hope you enjoyed that too. Hey, Rob. Thanks for stopping by with your opinion. What do you have to say? My biggest takeaway from this coronavirus nonsense is that I personally need to take steps to make myself more self-sustainable. You know, with the economy being like as global as it is and with people being able to compete for resources from all over, it makes you a lot less insulated locally to the stupidity of others. Like when they decide that they want to buy 555 rolls of toilet paper or 48 eggs to take home to them and their husband. So um, some of the steps that me and my wife and my our foster child are going to take after this is, you know, like we're going to plant a vegetable garden. We already had chickens. And, um, you know, just do things like that to kind of insulate ourselves from the insanity of the people around us. You know, the people who can't control themselves when they have to react to a situation like this. Uh, I mean, other than that, the biggest thing that we're trying to do with here is trying to keep um, our eight-year-old foster kid from reading or hearing too much about what's going on and getting sucked into that sensationalism and getting herself worked up into a frenzy. Um, It's not all that difficult because we're not really a super wired-in kind of family, so it's easy to mitigate her access to, like, you know, cable news and all that stuff, but... Um, you know, we just field a lot of questions. We try to field them honestly, and uh, it's pretty much how I've been spending our time. That and planting a vegetable garden, because I'm definitely not doing this again. Just one other thing that I wanted to make sure that I said. Um, you know, people who go out and who over-purchase um, resources that they know are going to be scarce, and then... Um, hoard them and drive the price up by posting them on social media at elevated prices. Um, I know that you think that you're Elon Musk and you're like the super capitalist and that you're making a buck, but you're actually just human garbage. 
I think you're the lowest level of filth, and I think that that's actually probably the least like kind thing that you can possibly do by making it even more difficult for people who already have limited resources to acquire the basic things that they need. Um, you're trash, and I think you should be ashamed of yourself. And I want to make sure that I say that, and I would word it more strongly, but um, I don't think that's really appropriate for the medium. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. Always a pleasure. Rab is my brother-in-law, and uh, he, fun story about Rab, not having to do with coronavirus. I had uh, planned a story slam. It was the first one I ever planned, new event for me. And I had a lot of people come, but I had people drop out, and Rab was there to support me with the family. And I'm like, Rab, you got to tell a story. You're a funny guy. You have interesting things to say. You got to tell a story. And on the spot, he came up with a story, and it, it, he wound up getting second place. Um, so I love Rob's insight, and I love uh, that he doesn't sugarcoat things, and I love that he is a kind person who really would do anything for his family, for anybody he saw on the street. Uh, for an animal that he's seen on the street because I've experienced that too. So I do think he brings up a really good point though and um, I think we could all use this opportunity to express kindness and realize as Rob said um, I think one of the biggest things that I'm coming to realize in my own life is just you know money really can't save you. (laughs) And, um, you know, and maybe that, maybe it can in the beginning when we are, you know, in the beginning I sound terrible, but I'm just saying like when things aren't so bad, yeah, money can save you. But in the end, I mean, you can sell your toilet paper for $6 a roll, but then you're just going to have a bunch of money and everyone's going to be dead and sad. So don't do that. Oof, what an episode. What an episode. Does that bell sound different to you guys? I wonder why. Oh, it's because it's coming all the way from the West Coast. They do different stuff out there. Even their bells are different. Well, anyway. Hey, Mike. What's up with you? How's it going on that part of the country? My name is Mike. Uh, I'm going to talk about what I've done the last couple weeks um, after being a little more stressed out about the coronavirus. Uh, so I'm a physical therapist and, uh, you know, obviously it comes up a lot at work, so with healthcare. And um, so after I get home, usually I'll try to go for a run, just kind of... Um, kind of helps decrease my stress overall, uh, but, you know, I also kind of tell myself it's, you know, good to, for the immune system to do some sort of aerobic exercise, so I've been doing a lot more of that than I, I normally do. Uh, I've been trying to eat well, too, you know, just um, naturally try to get, you know, everything in, like vitamin C and everything, instead of um, just, you know, buying multivitamins or emergency. Um I've been writing a lot too, so that's always been a, a good thing for me to uh, decrease stress. Just kind of write 
what I'm feeling, kind of read it over, see if uh, it seems like I'm being overly paranoid or anything like that. Um, I've still been trying to hang out with friends, um, although a lot of things have been canceled the last uh, couple days, so um, that's decreased a little bit, uh, but I'm still, uh, you know, I've actually called a couple people, which I usually don't you know, do a whole lot, usually it's just text, um, but, you know, last week I did go play, uh, Ultimate Frisbee indoors, and I was, uh, you know, a little stressed out about it, like, just touching the Frisbee and all that, and I was just, uh, you know, but I was like, all right, this is probably a good thing to do, um, there was one, uh, person who liked to, uh, shake hands with everyone, uh, quite a lot, so I, you know, I was kind of a little stressed out about that, uh, you know, I just, you know, while shaking hands, it was like a prolonged handshake, too, it was, you know, I just kept thinking coronavirus, but, uh, yeah, I tried to, uh, you know, that was over a week ago, I'm still okay, so I think, uh, I think that was a little, um, irrational fear, but, um, still working, uh, you know, still, physical therapy is still going on, so I've been trying to work kind of careful, uh, some of the elderly patients we have, um, a lot of them have health issues, uh, like COPD and things that, uh, would not probably go well if they, you know, got it, so, you know, just like anything, if they had the flu or, you know, so, um, been trying to wash my hands a lot, trying to be a little more cognizant when I'm working with them to, uh, wipe down, you know, um, anything they might be touching or anything like that, and, um, so another thing I've been doing is just not trying to look up the stats a lot, uh, you know, I might once or twice just kind of see my county, what's going on, but, uh, you know, I think, you know, as soon as I look at the phone and, you know, Google search it, uh, it's, you know, usually not a good thing, especially, um, early in the morning is just a bad way to start my day, so, um, you know, I think the one time I looked it up in a certain county, uh, said, you know, uh, number jumps to 12, and, you know, it was like, you know, it was from, like, 10, 10 to 12 from the day before or something, so I think, uh, I'm just trying to be aware of that, you know, even though, um, the panic isn't, or the, uh, information's, like, you know, kind of making people be careful, but it's also some of the wording is, is making people panic, so I've been kind of just paying attention to that, too. Um. I think that um, part of that message got cut off. Actually, I know it is, because Mike told me that. But I am so appreciative of his input. Mike has been to a lot of different corners of the globe, has learned a lot of different things, He's a very smart cookie, and I know that he's dedicated to the health of himself and others. So it was really nice to be able to hear his perspective and some of the more practical things that we could do, like taking care of our bodies and eating healthy food. What he said about searching the statistics and the articles I think is very, very important as well. Um, I've kind of adapted a similar approach I will look at Google News like once a day, um, but otherwise I'm looking at the CDC once just to look at Pennsylvania and the counties that are affected and what the numbers are looking like um, and also looking at um, World Health Organization to see globally what's going on. I think that that at least takes a little bit of the sensitization away from it. 
dropping by the neighborhood today. I guess we all kind of have a little bit of extra time. Huh, Kristen, wasn't expecting you. Super excited to hear what you have to say. Give us the lowdown. Hey, Monica. Um, I hope that this is along the lines of what you're looking for. I am not the best at vocalizing my thoughts. And um, I'm also a bit of a problem solver, so I'm not sure if anyone else out there can relate. But for me, I'm just viewing this as a problem that needs to be solved. And yeah, that's just kind of where I'm at. So I have this social containment thing isn't necessarily new for me because I have been socially distancing for years. And the reason I've been doing that is because I've been going through a bit of an identity crisis. And I think that's just a time when it's best to separate yourself from other people so that you can eliminate the noise and find your own path within yourself. And I think it's ironic how you know, a personal crisis can be similar to a collective crisis, right? Because this is, you know, a virus that is spreading rapidly across the globe. It's crazy. And the answer to that is, first of all, to practice really, really good hygiene and to prevent spread by avoiding other people, avoiding large crowds and all of that. It sucks. But you know, we need to do this. And there's so much noise. That's my problem right now. That's the biggest problem I have is how much noise there is. It's so hard to figure out what we are individually thinking and feeling because there's so much pressure from the outside. You go on social media, you read the news headlines, and there's so much pressure to think this or feel that. I mean, the news is just fear and panic based because that's good for ratings, right? So it's doing so much of that and we're getting over that. Like we're all over that kind of thinking, but we can't stop it. The news isn't going anywhere. So it's going to be in our faces and the more it's in our faces, the more sick we get of it. And you've got, you know, plenty of people out there who are saying you're all overreacting. This is why you're overreacting. And you need to stop. Let's stop talking about it. I think that a lot of us can relate to both sides. We feel fear and panic, but we know we don't need to and we can't stop feeling that way. Or we are trying to not give in to that sort of thinking, but just because we're polarizing completely to the opposite end of the spectrum doesn't make that right either. I mean, we're analyzing statistics and making every coronavirus case or every death a tally mark. And I hate that so much because people are more than a tally mark. This isn't about a scoreboard. This is about, you know, human lives. And I don't think that anyone deserves to, um, you know, if we can, if we can prevent, bad things happening to good people, I think that we owe it to ourselves to do it because this is about coming together. We need to stop self-centered thinking and we need to, you know, come together as a collective and love one another because that really is how we bring goodness into our own lives, I think, is 
it's not about only yourself. And I could just, I could go down so many rabbit holes on that. So I'm going to stop. <laughs> you know, I think the hardest thing about this social containment living in the U.S. at least, I can't speak for other countries, but we are not used to having this much freedom taken away from us. I read an article back when this was just really in China um, about a woman who was on the cruise ship that got off, I think, in Malaysia. And she was told to stay in her hotel room. But in her interview with whoever interviewed her, she was like, I live in the U.S. and we don't, you know, have to stay put. If I want to go to the spa and if I want to go swim in the pool, I'm going to go do that. And I think that that's very um, common thinking in the U.S. I mean, how many of us have really been in a situation where the government has restricted our travel, has canceled our events, canceled school, canceled all this stuff and told us to stay home. How many of us have really gone through that? I don't think many of us have. So rather than judging the people who do feel like, oh, screw the government, I'm going to do what I want. You know, we need to empathize with that. I think the biggest, the best way to overcome this is to empathize with one another. Oh my gosh, I, I feel so strongly about that. We need more empathy. We need more compassion. You know, I went to the grocery store the other day and seeing the shelves empty, wanting to just get one bottle of hand sanitizer and, you know, maybe a pack of toilet paper, wanting to get that stuff and not being able to. And I was angry at the people who took that away from those of us who have none of it. While, you know, there's people in survival mode stocking up their freaking basement bunker. I was angry. And I think a lot of us share that anger. And then I got home and I was like, okay, calm down, Kristen. It's not, it's not like those people are bad people. You know, they are reacting because it's, I mean, they're, they're fearful and fear drives us to do things that we may not do in our right minds. I mean, you don't need toilet paper to get rid of the coronavirus. (laughs) So, um, but what they don't realize that they're doing is making the problem worse because if they're taking all of the sanitation supplies away from everyone else, then they might be protecting their own individual selves, but collectively it's just going to spread because we can't clean ourselves enough to prevent it, right? So, Being self-centered is not the answer to this problem. This is a collective problem. We need to come together and empathize with one another, show compassion to one another. This is nothing new. This isn't some new lessons to learn. These are lessons we need to learn whether there's coronavirus or not because genuinely I think that this is about having empathy and compassion for one another. And I, I think that those concepts equate to awareness, self-awareness, awareness of others. And I mean, awareness is how we solve problems because it represents clarity. We need clarity. So anyways, I'm going to get off that soapbox and just say, I think that right now is the time to just do everything that we can to prevent the spread of the virus because that's the quickest way to stop the social containment, the quickest way to stop fear and panic, and it is the best way to protect those who are at risk because we owe it to them to care enough about them 
to help them. Yeah, I just hope that when we get past this, that it's going to um, it's going to give us a new perspective so that we can change these systems that are in place because I certainly don't feel protected by the government. I don't feel protected by, you know, the powers that be. I think this is really on us to save ourselves and not trust the information that the government is putting out there, the numbers that they're putting out there. This is really just on us to protect ourselves by doing what needs to be done to prevent the spread and then analyze the situation when it's done so that we can grow from it because challenges are opportunities for growth. And I think that statement alone is the one thing that gets me through this challenge and all challenges. And I hope that all made sense. I'm going to stop rambling. I love you. I think this podcast is amazing. You are amazing. Thank you for what you do. Okay, I'm done. Bye. Ah, Kristen, you're one of my super sweet spirit girls. Yeah. Um, so many things. <laughs> it's so great. Everybody who contributed just blew me away, and you are not an exception. The empathy, huge, huge empathy thing. Uh, actually, one of I was talking to one of my coworkers the other day, and I was learning a little bit about him, and found out that he is originally from Puerto Rico, and his family is from Puerto Rico. And I asked him, I said, you know, how is it? How are things going now? You know, how do Puerto Ricans really overcome so much and still have such great spirit to them? And he said, we're a resilient people. We get through things. So I'm going to take that and I'm going to harness that and take that resiliency and put it out towards you guys. I also agree that this is a chance for us to maybe shed some light on the shadows of society and hopefully uh, we can all learn something but I think that spirit is something um, that I see a lot I see a lot of people saying okay now we need change okay this is our chance this is bad but this is our chance and maybe that's maybe that's the way it's gonna happen I've also realized you know uh, a lot of the listeners I called in have uh, alluded to this, but in there's not a lot we can really do, you know? No matter what happened, whether it was a bat or unsafe food conditions or a biological weapon, I'm not saying it was one thing or over another. I personally like to believe in the more innocent idea of things especially when we don't know for sure so I'm going to say it was a bat and it just was an accident but um whatever it was or wherever it came from it's here now you know so I think that uh for me to kind of ease my own anxiety is to just know that I'm doing everything I can in my power to be responsible and not put myself in a place of danger for the illness, but also recognize that I can have a symptomatic coronavirus. 
I could be carrying it. They say up to four days ahead of time you could be asymptomatic. So um, listening to local government and national government, regardless of what your opinions are of each at the time, but, uh, you know, you can look at France, you can look at Italy, and we can get an idea that, yeah, this is, this is the real thing, and maybe it hasn't hit North America yet, and um, hopefully it won't. Because if you read about flattening the curve, then you know all about that. But we're doing preventative things to stop it from spreading. So one of the best things I think I can do to reduce my anxiety is to listen to other people when they tell me things. To get accurate information, take care of myself, write, exercise, eat well, plant things, have a garden, spend time with my family, call a friend, make art, share your art through online. We're fortunate that we have the technology that we have to keep us connected during these times. If you can imagine the Spanish flu of 1918... They didn't have social media to keep them company. So, uh, you know, there's a lot There's a lot to be grateful for. There's a lot to keep hope out for. And I think the most responsible thing that we can do to collectively ease our anxiety and the anxiety of others would be to listen. And to put our own selfish timelines aside and recognize that there may be some sacrifices that we need to make to help others keep our kindness up don't go out in public to a public event if you don't need to go don't hoard the toilet paper I don't mean to be so um you know, bossy, and I like to do everything with kindness and love, and I hope that, you know, none of this comes across as do this or don't do that or feel this way, feel that way. It's really, you know, a tense time. Everybody's confused. Not everyone knows the right thing to say. I certainly don't, but I thought that maybe by putting a collage of voices together, um, we could all kind of see what each other is doing to cope with the chaos of coronavirus. No recommendations for you other than take care of yourself, take care of others, keep your head about you, stay calm, spread love, and have a beautiful week. Ah! The music in the beginning and the end of the episode is by Joe Burke. He's a local musician. You could check his music out on all social platforms. Other than that, I'm going to leave you with that for this week. No soliciting donations, nothing. Just wishing you health, happiness, and safety in this chaotic time.